Good. <laughs> Doing really good. <laughs> Psalms 110, that's not one you, you hear every day. He will heap the whole wide world with corpses. I don't believe that. Well, you don't read the Bible then. You don't get to pick and choose, little Christian. I do. <laughs> the Father does. The slain lamb does. And if you're totally crucified, you're going to like his interpretation best because it makes your angel laugh at your flesh on a burning altar of glory and your spirit's always rejoicing out of the body no longer in it in the fullness of the presence of his glory. Which is another scripture in the Bible if you should memorize. Make sure you memorize the whole Bible. I can't even imagine not knowing the word. This would be of way too strong meat for your immaturity and totally misunderstand it. Make sure it's mixing with your spirit and burning your body and heaping the whole wide world with corpses. <laughs> Psalms 110, which is the messianic anointing of the high place of the crown of the white dove. And get you drunk. Get you drunk. Get you drunk. And disorderly in the glory. Been drinking on Heavenly Father's cognac at the fireplace for the last five years. That's my excuse. I am messed up on Heavenly Father's whiskey. Unapologetically drunk and real high on the cognac of God. Goes for about a trillion dollars a glass, if you're wondering the price on it. Oh, more than that. Yeah, the religious spirit's like more than that. It's priceless. You can't actually buy it. Hallelujah. Gotta get out of the brain into the spirit and grow in spirit intelligence at the cost of the animal's intelligence. It's called a covenant with God. A covenant is a business deal. You made a business deal with God, which is called a covenant. There's a new covenant, which is a business and a marketplace deal. It was a business term. In the ancient times, you'd come into a covenant with someone when you hunted a business deal to make money with them. You'd have a covenant. Nowadays, we're so religious, we just think oh, we go to practice sorcery at the local ziggurat on the street corner and we're in the covenant. We're like new covenant. But it's a religious ritual. It's a ceremony of the realm of the dead, of the flesh, of doing external things that have the appearance of good. Then it's nothing at all remotely even close to the new covenant. It's not. There's no rituals and there's no religion in heaven at all. Zero. It's all of the realm of the dead. That's all you have to overcome to come alive is religion. The angel of death, the last curse to be conquered and overcome by the spirit of the believer is 
the religious spirit. So people are astonished when they come into prophetic ministry, which is the wings of the eagle that lifts up the spirit into the heavenly glory, and you've overcome religion a little bit, not like we've overcome it completely, otherwise there'd be no sin on the earth. So we got a ways to go, let's be realistic here. So you're overcoming the angel of death, which is the religious spirit, by your spirit in covenant as a business deal with God. So the covenant is a deal you made with your soul and his spirit. Because the spirit's here. I will pour out my spirit and all flesh, which means I will present a covenant and a business deal to every soul in the world to see if they want to do business with the kingdom of God. You can always come in and do business with God. The gates are always open for what? The throne of the king, which has zero to do with religion, zero to do with all your ceremonies, rituals, and things you call God. Zero, it has to do with business. I'm about my father's business, Jesus said. Never once was he about his father's priesthood. Never said it in the Bible. He said, I'm only about my father's business. It was all about restoring kingdom business, which is not religion, which is having fun with God in the glory, like little children that all they like to do is play and eat. Prodigal sons come home, they're both in their 20s. Luke 15, what did the father do when they came back inside the father's house? All they did was party and eat. Play and eat. Now, it wasn't in the natural realm, and so the unrenewed mind comprehends not the things of the spirit, nor can it. It's for your spirit to compre comprehend spiritual things through wisdom, which is the impartation of the word of God in your spirit that has its own interpretation. The power of the word works on its own. No one can boast about their effort before God. That is all pride and strange fire, that's what the cross is for, to get your effort out of the way for the effort of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the effort of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the effort of the believer. Without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible to do one step in the New Covenant. You can't move one inch as a spirit, as a new creature in Christ, you are completely and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, exactly like the angels from the day you're born again and forevermore. If you want to be successful, you have to go completely into your new creature in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17 nature, and completely and totally crucify the carnal nature of the animal, which is the physical part of you, not in a painful, masochistic, religious ritual of death, not in a physical crown of pain upon your head and beating yourself up by the realm of the dead who don't understand anything about God and never will because they're demons. To be a demon means to not be able to understand. You have forsaken spiritual understanding. Understanding is one of the seven spirits of God of the seven manifestations of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of understanding has been forsaken by one third of the angels. You'll never understand if you're in 
those angels, if those angels are operating in you, you can never, ever, ever understand the New Testament, the words of the apostles, the gospel, or the things of the kingdom of heaven. It comes by impartation of the Holy Ghost, and He distributes it to those who are of pure heart, who have not lifted their souls to idols. They alone can ascend the mountain of the Lord, which is Calvary. They alone have a cross. If you want to ascend and overcome sin, Satan, and the world, the word world is cosmos, false light, starlight, to get into the glory light, you have to have a pure heart. There's a prerequisite and we say, Lord, purify me. I'm so sick. I'm so immoral. I'm so lustful. I can't stop lusting with my eyes and my flesh. No, that's not what the Bible says. You are responsible for purifying your own hearts. Okay, yes, you can. The Bible says, be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. It is a cop out of a coward spirit and someone who is dying for lack of revelation who is not purifying their own soul by their own cross. You've been born again of the Word of God. The Word is the wood of the cross that cannot decay. You use the cross in your spirit to purify your own wicked heart. It works 100% of the time if you actually apply it. If you desire holiness, you have a cross to produce it to the measure you want it, in your own heart. If you don't, you'll just say, oh, I'm just a sinner. I can't do it. It's too hard. No one cannot lust with all of the pornography around and all the naked girls around and all the boys around lusting after the girls. I'm innocent. No, you're guilty. The only innocence is the cross. Every believer has been given the exact same cross. You are responsible for what you do with your cross. No one else is responsible. I'm not responsible. You're responsible. I'm responsible for my own cross. And I do the best I can every day. And it's going really nice. It's amazing. Inside this body is just billows of glory. I'm the purest, most sanctified, and highest by the cross I've ever been lifted up and consistently, and I'm tasting all the overcomers gifts of Revelation 2 and 3 constantly. Constantly. Because I've purified my heart with my own cross. Now you need to purify your heart with your cross. So it clearly begins with your faith in the Word. If you understand the Word is the wood of Song of Solomon that does not decay. The Bible says the same thing. You've been born again of the incorruptible seed. Seed comes from trees. The tree of life is the cross of Calvary. And that seed cannot sin. You're born again of the cross within. The born again spirit has the cross to ascend as high as you want to go. Right now, you're as high as you have paid the price of your animal to your angel. It's not my fault. It's not your parents' fault. It's not society's fault. Take responsibility for your own sins and grow up. Amen? Yeah. You get so happy if you do. You get so blessed. <laughs> 
when you start to apply it to others and do the blame game and it's like, you know, my parents raised me religious or, you know, you, people blame themselves. Listen, you can't point a finger. You can pull a finger and get a cloud. Amen. <laughs> And get the cloud. Yeah. Pull my finger, Glory. Yeah, lighten it up a little bit. That's a heavy message, bro. After that, we need a little pull my finger, Glory. Coming in hot. Heat seeking cross missiles upon your pile of manure. Just to blow it up. Me too. It's the same cross towards all of our hearts. We just really like it. Yeah. We're right there at the cross. We want more of it every day. Just burn me up. Judge me up. <laughs> I don't resist any judgment. You know, today I asked the Father for His throne of judgment to judge everything in my soul. And just lay it on as thick as you got it, Father. I've been asking the Lamb of God in my spirit. In the glory cloud. It's not like... I'm bewitched. I'm already in the cloud of glory. It's really foggy in here in the glory cloud. It's thick. And I want more. Lust after spiritual things, 1 Corinthians 14 says. So I'm lusting after more glory. More of the Lamb. More of the Father. This is what you're legally allowed to be lustful against. Is more glory. More of the cross. More of the Lamb. More of the Father's throne burning, blazing, incinerating the animal until you're looking at the animal with the eyes of your spirit fully illuminated, separated from your body, and your body is on the altar of gold before the Father's throne in heaven. It's called a living sacrifice. If your body ain't there, don't think he's using you down here. You're being used by the enemy 100% of the time. If you haven't burnt your body in the fire of divine love before his throne, there's an altar in Revelation. The golden altar is the place for your flesh, for your heart, for your mind, for your organs. Organs are very important. If you didn't have a heart and brain, you wouldn't be here. Epidermis, without skin, you'd bleed out in seconds and die. You gotta get your organs saved. We know your spirit saved. whoop de frickin' do, man. Congratulations. Now let's get your organs saved so that you're burning on an altar so you can look at your body burning in the fire of divine love because the cross is working in you and you can laugh at your body burning. You need to be able to laugh at your burning flesh constantly as spirit separated from flesh. You know what spirit separated from flesh is? Spirit separated from soul. It's the heavens in you separated from the earth in you. You have both worlds in you because you were created in God's image. God put both worlds of the invisible and the natural in all of you. In all of you. You have both worlds in you. The Bible says that God created the worlds, plural, with his word, and by his word, he sustains them, holds them together, which means he's holding together the angelic world of your spirit, and he's holding together the physical world of your bodies and organs. And both of them are being perfected by the same cross. Amen? Fully God, fully man. Jesus Christ. Fully God, fully man. Which means the perfecting of 
spirit invisible world. Only two worlds in the New Testament. I know we say 14 dimensions because we got into some weird stuff, but the Bible only says invisible. The dimensions are elevations in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And do not go beyond what is written, otherwise it overcomplicates things, and there's a reason why you have the apostles' epistles. If you add to it and don't have the foundation of the first century of apostolic church, you're going to get really confused and stupid. You get into false mysticism really easily. Like many you've seen in charismatic Christianity in the last 20 years, they get into just absolute mental illness. But if you keep it according to the Bible, it's so mystical and pure and simple Jesus Christ speaking only 600 words. There's no greater mystic than Christ. New Testament says that the mystic secret is Christ in you and around you. The glory, the gospel is the mystic secret of Jesus Christ. It's a mystical secret because it's in the invisible realm and your spirit is in that realm and you're changing the visible realm from the invisible by the mystic secret or the invisible secret. Mystic just means hidden or invisible of the glory realm. He is completely and totally perfected in the realm of glory and you're all welcome to go there and live there every day of your life. If you can give your brain to your spirit and pull your brain out of the thicket of the flesh on the outside. That's why you're saved by the renewing of your mind. The Bible says the only way to stay saved after you believe in Jesus is to transfigure your brain. Romans 12, 2, it is written. Be constantly transfigured, metamorphosized by the renewing of your mind. How do I do that? Faith in the prophetic word. I've only been bringing prophetic ministry since 2006 because if it's not prophetic, it's not alive. Most Pentecostals, Charismatics haven't even begun in the prophetic. So don't expect them to understand the prophetic if their churches don't train them in the prophetic. It's not even possible. The prophetic is the ascending on wings as eagles learning how to eat revelation for your spirit ascending the heavenlies, 2 Corinthians 3.18, from glory to glory, which is atmospheres of fire, which is crowns of life, not one crown of life, a greater life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus Christ said. Which means you start in the way is a small life. You keep walking in the way, it's a greater life. It's a crown of life of walking in the way, doing the will of the Father who sent His Spirit into your bodies. Now if you obey that Spirit, the Spirit of God, your spirit will rise through your hearts and your day will dawn in the ability of your angel. There will be a halo physically seen around you like Stephen with the glowing face. Let's say you have an aura. You might use some new age terminologies because usually the ones into religion have completely seared their conscience and have hardened their hearts unto death. Religion is the practice of the angel of death and it's just as much in the 
charismatic church as it is in the Catholic church. Because it's the same externalism. You're actually probably getting into higher ranking fallen angels if you're into the gifts. The Pharisees loved the gifts. They believed in the resurrection angels and all the stuff. They believed in speaking in tongues. So there's mentions of babbling and tongues in the Old Testament. So that's the kind of stuff. These they, they were mystics. The Pharisees were mystics. True story. The Sadducees were the ones that said none of that. They're like the Southern Baptist sensationists. But Pharisees were total mystics. And so Paul used the mysticism against the sensationists and caused a civil war upon Sadducees and Pharisees because they both wanted to kill him and turn the demon possessed against the demon possessed like the ancient wars with your light shining like Gideon 300 and let them kill each other. <laughs> let the demons attack the demons. Amen. Amen. That's what the Bible teaches. You know, Paul did it in the New Testament. You're like, oh, we don't do it. Yet. Well, you don't have enough experience to bring any wisdom to the table anyhow. <laughs> you start actually walking in the way, you realize how desperate you got to be half the time because these things are trying to kill you. But if they're not trying to kill you, it's because they already have control over you because you're no threat to demons whatsoever, even though America and First World Nations are the highest, most demonized, highest ranking demons in the world. They don't really care about Third World Nations. They want the First World Nations because Satan is a dragon of greed. He's all about the money. That's why you got the concentration of the secret societies of the Luciferian warlocks in the First World Nations, Third World Nations, chaos very little economy. They don't even care about them. Do whatever you want over there. But the higher and higher you go in civilization into the richer and the richer the nation, the bigger the demons you'll deal with. And that's the truth. Anyhow, the dragon sits over the mountain of the gold of the world. You go into the city of London within the city of London, the economic district of London, where the gold standard is met, the banking center of the universe, and there's a double-headed dragon and a gigantic statue over the city of London, within London, because these families have given their bloodlines to high-ranking fallen angels in order to control the economic climate of the universe. It's called the mountain tops of Jacob and the word gave it to them. So you're not going to be able to do anything about it. God gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the covenant of wealth and the Christians have been jealous ever since. Well, that's true. Look at Martin Luther. He hated the Jews and cursed them. He was an anti-Semitic racist bigot, a German racist, Martin Luther. He cursed the Jews and called them racial slurs. I'm telling you, a lot of people get into anti-Semitism when they come into Christianity. You see they're anti-Jewish stuff, and then you got the other flip side of it, and they're, if you don't go to Israel, you can't even be saved. And it's all about natural Jerusalem, and you get into the Hebrew roots cult, and you get into the, you know, it's not about Hebrew or Greek, it's about the Spirit of God 
Rarely will the Spirit of God even give a crap about those ancient languages. You're just demon possessed. You're just going after the religious spirit. Don't even lie to me. We've been through all of that hundreds of thousands of times. I've seen it destroy thousands of lives. You're clueless. We have all the experience. Trust our wisdom. Joel's army's been warring against everything false, all the error of religion and the doctrines and theologies. The only thing rock solid down here is the Holy Ghost, the cross he materializes in the new creature, the Word of God, and those climbing Calvary. Everything else is going to burn. Mount Zion is Calvary, rising as chief in the last days. God's not looking for people with correct doctrine, correct theology. He's not looking for external discipline, external purity. You're Pharisees. He's not even looking for the signs and the wonders and all the crap you did by your own energy. He's looking for the cross, crucifying your heart within you. Were you slain with the lamb? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? In John company. Are you out scattered somewhere else? Thinking about fishing trips tomorrow in Canada. <laughs> All those walleye been waiting for three years during COVID-19, getting big and fat on mosquitoes in the deep northern woods of Ontario, Canada. With the sea planes flying in, drop me off at the private lodge. My cousin bought us a walleye fishing trip to Ontario in 2019. And then COVID hit, so it's been delayed three years. So we leave tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And we're taking seaplanes 300 miles into Ontario in the deep woods. And they drop us off in a lake. It's got all these boats. It's me, all my brothers, and all my cousins. So 11 of us, and it's going to be really fun. We used to do it every year when I was a kid. My grandpa would take us up to these lakes and the deep woods of Canada, walleye fishing every year. So it was a tradition in our family. We haven't done it since my grandpa, Patrick Flaherty, passed away. And then my cousin's like, we need to bring this back. So he tried in 2019, and then COVID hit. So we're finally going. Three years later, we've had it blocked off in our internship block for six months. So. If you're visiting and you didn't go through the internship, I just apologize for any inconvenience. You know, how can we even do this thing? I just, every day is so wild. We just do the best we can, but we did notify all the interns and close it down for the whole time I'll be gone. So this will be the last Joel's Bar uh, ever. <laughs> and I can hear your demons applauding right now. No more cross for me. I'm free. I'm free. Get me out of here. I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now it's the last Joel's Bar till next Friday, the 17th. We've been on a rampage the last four weeks because God has introduced us into a much greater baptism of fire. One thing you need to understand, once you get a revelation of your own personal cross in your spirit, so you and the Holy Ghost together are teaming up 
against your animal. <laughs> to, to kill your heart with the cross. And it's a killing of kindness. There should be no pain involved. If the demon is hurting you, make sure you put the cross through that thing. There's, this is an, a glorified realm. The stations of the cross are the glory realms. That's what the glory realm is. It's like you're crucified to the world, now you're in heaven through the cross. The cross is the portal into the glory. So if you have the one true cross of Jesus Christ and him crucified to death, it's a pain-free zone, it's a sickness and disease-free zone, it's a demon-free zone. Every single angel of the fall was defeated at the cross. The Bible says it. So if you have the real cross in real faith, you're growing in freedom, you're growing in abundant life, and it's becoming a progressive reality of the altar of Jerusalem, the Apostle Paul calls it, for the killing of the sinful nature. And so the baptism of fire, this is where people really miss it, because we think, I, I hear Pentecostals, Charismatics, and even Glory Stream teachers all the, t all the time say, yeah, we already have the baptism of fire. No, you don't. I mean, you might have a minuscule understanding of it, but you don't get it. You don't understand. The baptism of the Spirit is a down payment to open up your spirit for the baptism of fire, which is the ascension into the heavenly Jerusalem, into the degrees of glory, into the degrees of fire. And there are 33 degrees of the soul of the animal. It's not Scottish Rite, it's Bible. They just manipulate the Bible. That's why they call themselves a Christian fraternity, because it's Satan's interpretation of the Bible. And Satan is the main influencer of Christianity. Jesus said, when a sower sows seed, an enemy is going to come and sow seed too. He only sows Christianity into you because he knows you're trying to follow God. He's not sowing the occult. You're not going to receive necromancy. You're not going to get into Egyptian occult nature and start worshiping the ancient gods of Egypt because you're like reading your Bible a little bit, got a little revelation. I'm not going to become a necromancer of Egypt. You know? But they still get you through the Christian words becoming necromancers in Egypt, so don't applaud too quickly. You begin practicing sorcery when you use the word soulishly. And you become Jenny's and Jambres incarnate times 10,000. We put Jenny's to Jambres to shame in the Christian sorceries practice in our generation. They're down in hell looking at us be like, man, I wish I was a sorcerer during this generation. Man, I, I lived in the dark ages of ancient Egypt. This is real sorcery. That's what they're saying down in Tartarus right now. That's real sorcery. They're like fist bumping down there. Yeah. Truth anyhow. And so sorcery is religion of the soul. Now, we say just because we have the gifts and stuff, perhaps we're a witchcraft and sin-free zone. There's no evidence you're sin-free with the gifts of the Spirit. Jesus Christ and the apostles taught the exact opposite. Because those gifts were continuously abused. 1 Corinthians 13, yet I'll show you the most excellent way. If even we throw our bodies into the fire to be burned as martyrs, because people were doing that, just kill me, Nero Caesar. I want to be a martyr for Jesus. And they have no regeneration of their spirit. Caesar kills them. They go to hell. Stupid idiot. No rewards. Not a martyr at all. So we throw our bodies into the fire to be burned, but have not love. We are nothing. What is love? 
the cross, the only reference to love is the agape love of Christ crucified, which is the Lamb of God. And we are the bride of the Lamb because we are married with our soul to the cross. Well, at least a couple of us are. That thing isn't. But it will die. And you will fly in the by and by through the sky and stood up a throne in the cloud if you can progressively crucify the animal part of you that hates God. Don't even pretend that the flesh likes God. The flesh hates Jesus. The flesh hates the cross. The flesh hates me. The flesh hates the prophet so bad that the religious people in the Bible stoned him to death, cut him in half, Listen, I've been shot at over 20 times. I've been carjacked twice. I've been stabbed at numerous times. I've been sitting here during jo- during Joel's bar and a whole clip of a gun directly fired at me with bullets going one foot over my head while I'm broadcasting. Opening the door with the gun pointed right at my head. And the dude pushes the hand down as he's about to blow me up. Yeah, that happened. So we've we've seen the animosity of the devil very, very intensely in the price that's paid for the glory that destroys the animal. The animal does not want to die. Most Christians live in the animal and don't want to kill it because the false Luciferian satanic version of soulless Christianity is nice to the animal. It's kind to the animal. That's why you go after numbers instead of the cross. There's only four people at the cross. And how many did Jesus minister to? The Bible tells you one million. One million. There were one million people in Israel ministered for the three-year ministry of Jesus Christ. One million Jews in Israel. He would go from city to city. He ministered to a million people, but there's only four at the cross. That's how severe the judgment of the word of God is towards the animal. They couldn't him. They liked the stuff he did if it helped their animal nature, but when there was pressure that actually killed it, they would scatter every time like flakes. Have no loyalty whatsoever to the Word of God, to the Holy Spirit, to the throne of the Lamb, anywhere. The only way you get loyal to the anointing oil is if you recognize your closeness to the cross in your spirit is your faithfulness and loyalty to Jesus Christ. And it will kill you. It'll kill all your pride. It'll kill all your lust. It'll kill all of your vain imagination, delusion. All your religion will die. It will cost you the realm of the dead. It'll cost you your ego. And you just become exactly like him through crucifixion daily i die daily if anyone does not pick up their cross and follow me dying daily to the animal they're not my disciple jesus christ says you're not a disciple unless the cross is a constant altar for the killing of your heart and your mind and your organs gotta take your organs with you otherwise the demons will kill you with sickness and disease as well you have to take the whole temple your body is the temple of the holy ghost Who's in you? We know who's in you. Yeah, we're not picking on that sinful part of you, so move that over to the side. Christ is in you. Amen? Christ is in you. 
you believe in Jesus, now realize the glory of Jesus, the Lamb of God in his cross, fully manifest by the Holy Ghost in your midst, in the middle of you, in your center. He is the center of the universe. He is the center of the temple. He is the center of the world. He is your center. If you can give him your mind, you can go back into divine orbit. And one thing about orbit of the morning star of the celestial dimension is bringing your mind closer and closer into the sun, S-O-N, as your whole universe burns. But you choose your planetary existence. This is Earth. This is an earthen vessel. It's a planetary existence. The Bible uses celestial terms. So this is biblical orbit, stars, morning stars, how close your mind and the gravitational pull of your mind into the sun of righteousness rising with healing in his beams and how much you get burnt up by going into the sun. The white eagle grab your whole brain and fly into the sun. Just say, let the talons of the eagle grab my brain tonight. Give me the numbskull anointing. <laughs> Let the eagles take our minds into the fire of the Son of Righteousness and burn our brains out. A burnt offering. We need to learn how to offer a burnt brain cell offering. This thing will destroy your life. If you don't crucify your head, you're constantly influenced by the external forces of the power of the air. The worldliness of Babylon. You have zero chance unless you become a disciple in the crucifixion of your skull, Golgotha, Calvary. Where was he crucified to defeat Satan? At the place of the skull, Golgotha, Calvary. Calvary in Greek means place of the skull. He was crucified at your head. The evidence of the cross is that your head is controlled by the Holy Spirit. The evidence of a true disciple is that your whole sensory perception and your five physical senses of your natural existence is crucified with Christ in the glory. Gotta be in the glory, which is the divine love. That's the business deal you've made with God. It is not a religious deal. It is not a ritual. It's an altar for burning Satan up. Anyone that doesn't use the altar is controlled by Satan continuously, and they're just in denial. It's not that bad, Brandon. I take care of my I take care of my kids. I work hard. I'm a good person. I only vote for pro-life Republicans. How dare you insult the knowledge of good that I strive so hard in my flesh nature to be good at? That's why they killed Jesus. He was crucifying the knowledge of good. The Pharisees wanted to crucify the knowledge of bad. They brought the prostitute to him to kill him. Kill her. He's like, no, I'm going to kill both of you. The knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil on the cross. And I'm going to do it through the killing with kindness. The kindness of the lamb. It is a kind act that we get the spiritual implications of the works of Christ and not the physical nails in cat of nine tails otherwise you'd all be dead right now 
it would rip your stomach out of your back with a cat of nine tails. You'd be disemboweled. So it's an act of kindness that you get the spiritual realities of Christ crucified in the Passion Week of Christ instead of the physical reality. See how the religious spirit wants to mix in some of the pain and torment of the curse that he took for us. But the Holy Ghost is only giving us the blessings of the Lamb. You're only getting the blessings of the Lamb. There's nothing bad in the spear. The spear of his pierced side must be the spear of your pierced side until you release the river of life out of you, which is our ecstasy in Christ. See, the animal has to overcome the fear of death by the faith in the cross, and then there's no more demonic influence because Jesus already defeated the religious devil of death at Calvary, and if it manifests through you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you will enter the glory. Then you come into the glory by the works of Christ that you are experiencing by your faith in the Word. And so we'll shout it like an archangel shout. We'll thunder from the rooftop. He says, do not whisper these things in secret. He says, shout them from the rooftop. It is written. Amen? Why? Because the word goes forth and creates an atmosphere of faith that people with lesser faith and lesser experiences in the realm of the invisible angelic dimension that created the natural visible dimension that we live in as prophets, that dimension becomes imparted into your spirits and it animates the eternal part of you and crucifies the temporal profane part of you on the altar of fire. Bind the animal to the cords with cords to the horns of the altar and burn it in the fire of ecstasy. You get a revelation of the altar. You get a revelation of the heavenly Jerusalem, the revelations of the glory realms produced by the passion and the crucifixion of Christ. You will never again even have a desire for sin or temptation or lust or immorality. It'll get so crucified out of you. You'll be consumed by the jealous, consuming fire and glory of your heavenly Father's love for you through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Father's passionate love towards you is in how much wrath he poured out on Jesus. You can understand the sacrificial lamb, this is how much the Father likes you and wants to save you from Satan and hates the devil. The, the, you understand the intensity of the sacrificial lamb. The piercings of his hands and his feet, the crown of thorns of the acacia wood, which would be like spikes, two, three, four, five inch spikes. These were huge thorns. The crown of the acacia wood would pierce into his skull, deeply into his brain. We were talking two, three inches into the brain. The crown of thorns alone would kill you in a matter of minutes. Plus the cat of nine tails, and there was probably glass and metal in that whip that would have exposed his internal organs through his backside. Plus he was hanging there naked, there was no loincloth. He became our nakedness and our shame on the cross. 
Plus, he sweat blood in resisting Satan in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying no to the easy way out, just being the king of Israel with the palm branches and kumbaya, Hosanna in the highest. You know, here's the easy path. Satan was giving him kingship as king of Israel. You earned it. You are the son of God. You've done all the works of God. Don't go to the cross. Be the king of Israel. Kumbaya. They're laying down palm branches. That was the temptation by which he sweat blood in resisting the devil. The pressure. Well, people have all kinds of opinions about that. That's my experience in Revelations. Is the easy way out and because that's practical for your revelation because we are often offered by the devil an easy way out to avoid the crucifixion of the animal and in my experiences that's usually what the temptations of the believers are and therefore I apply that through understanding and wisdom that it was the temptation of the Christ and I'm sure it's true and the Holy Spirit will confirm it to you that there was a such a temptation pray because we're fighting satan and his angels in the garden can you just be awake with me for one hour they couldn't because the external pressure of the second heavens of all the fallen angels to do the wrong easy thing for comfort for the soul which is what we'll mess up in hundreds of times until the cross becomes a bigger reality in our lives oh now it's quiet in there <laughs> and so he didn't take the easy way out now he said not my will yours be done I'll, I'll drink this cup I'll drink it Jesus' spirit perfectly obedient no matter the cost of the flesh no matter the price of the soul or the comfort or the convenience all that nonsense he paid it all he did. He paid it all. And so there's those seven piercings and those seven passions of Christ which become our glory realms. The perfecting of our soul through the seven piercings. Amen. And so you need all of them. But they're not applied to you in pain. They're pl- applied to you in bliss. Amen. And this will make you know the Lord much better. Because the religious spirit just dies when you get any of this revelation. This is the revelations of the divine blood. The revelations of the Lamb of God. Revelations of the passion of the Christ. Revelations of the cross. And then you get them all applied to you and you begin to understand what it actually means as a disciple to take up your cross and follow him is to have the intensity of Jesus absorbing all the wrath of the sins of the nations, all the wrath of all the fallen angels upon himself and slaughtering them by the shedding of his innocent blood. The spotless lamb, he absorbed every curse, every word curse, all sickness and disease, all poverty, every single thing wrong in the past, present, and future was absorbed into the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth. And if that dimension becomes real inside you by faith in the works of Christ and the gospel about Jesus, then it's manifest all the rewards of the Messiah through your soul constantly. Then you become the outpouring of his glory. Amen? Because he's fully glorified. Why did the Father do that to Jesus, his son? He was well pleased in the slaughter of his son so that he could get 
the glory, the glory back in your souls to pour out your souls in the Lamb of God. So it's a faith in Jesus that materializes these things. It's not a faith in the pain of the thorns. It's a respect for him taking the pain. Now the crown of thorns is the glory blood of Jesus flowing through my brain, the crown of life. Amen. Where there is no strife, where there is no envy, competition, or animalistic sinful behavior because you disciples have the crown of thorns through your whole brain. It had to be pressed down into the mind inches and inches into the brain. It had to kill the brain in order for your brains to come alive in the glory. The Messiah had to take those acacia spikes deeply into his brain. Otherwise, it's hopeless for your brains. Understand that's how you get your mind back. Many of you haven't gotten your minds back. That's why you're still crazy. The crown of thorns is the salvation for the brain. He wants the whole body working in the glory. You have the crown of thorns manifested through your heads by the power of the Holy Spirit healing your minds today. You're transfigured by the healing of your minds. Amen. This thing has to go into full faith. It becomes a white stone with a new name on it. Amen. Unless the brain becomes a white stone, it's been a black stone, it's been a rolling stone. It's been in opposition to the chief and cornerstone, which is the mind of Christ. But now in the river of life, it's washed in the water of the word of God and revelations crucify the heart and the brain and all the organs with the works of Jesus. And you become the word made flesh. The power of the gospel is the Holy Spirit materializing the word at a cellular level in your blood cells, in your bone cells, in your brain cells. Don't let a demon have any organ in your body. The gospel saves you to the uttermost. It's not just for your spirit. You get your spirit perfected at birth. Every other part of you, the rest of your Christian life is for your soul and your mind and your organs to be perfected by the Holy Ghost and your spirit together in blood covenant. Until your soul has the same quality of life as your spirit in Christ. And you can believe as much word as you want. When you start to realize that feeding your spirit, eating for your spirit, doing your Father's will as a spirit, and the annihilation of your body through the works of Christ is how you become a temple of the Holy Ghost to serve the Father as a crystal clear living water outpouring of Ezekiel 47, the water temple, you're not going to let the waters settle. Not going back down to ankle deep. This season, I'm just going to have shallow waters. I'm not going to give my soul and my mind to the Holy Ghost this season. I'm going to leave the river. I'm going to leave the cross. Go fishing with Peter out there for a while. Start my own business. How can I make money? 
I want a better life for me. So if you're avoiding the cross, you always get into the selfishness of the fallen angels. Self-promotion, self-protection. And then they also get into the stuff of self-affirmation, self-love. This is the main one they do against the prophets. Self-protection. You need to protect yourself from Red Letter Ministries. They're spiritually violent. Are, are you a victim of Red Letter Ministries? Has the cross tried to kill your animal too? Is the altar of fire hurting your animal feelings? Is God's will too hard and here, do your own will. Do your own will. You don't need to do God's will. You don't need an altar. You don't even need a cross. Come into our church where we're all false Christians and doers of our own thing. With all of our convenient interpretation of the Bible that doesn't cost us anything, we'll, we'll even turn it up a little bit so it seems like there's some kind of sacrifice during the sermon. But no one has a cross. They're not God inside minded. The angel isn't laughing at the animal. It's not even kingdom. It's Luciferian through and through. It's selfish. Selfish Christianity is the horror of Babylon. Anything that does not annihilate the soul using the instruments of Jesus Christ as the priest of the fire of the altar before the Father's throne is a selfish, diabolical form of false Christianity. Once you believe in Jesus, that's the demon's main job is to get you into that form of godliness that doesn't have the fire that doesn't have the cross so there's only four at the cross the fanatics the ones that we call cults in America they call them cults they call Jesus a cult leader in the Bible it's literally scripture that the Pharisees because of the cost of leaving synagogue leaving home leaving convenience and comfort go sell come follow be a normal disciple was so severe to their complacent selfish Judaic culture that they began to attack them with slander how can we disregard this man's message outside the synagogue structure that Moses established Moses didn't bring any of that Moses didn't have one single synagogue. They were not the disciples of Moses. They were the disciples of Satan. The Jewish race had become the disciples of all the fallen angels, just like the Christians today. Now, if you are the sons and daughters of God, the cross has crucified your Luciferian satanic nature. And then you're clinging to it. You're at the cross right now. But if you have not come to the cross, there's no other possibility of existence other than the animal shadows of burying the images of the birds, beasts, and reptiles. The cross is the trading floor of the Adamic for the angel of the Lord. You can come to the cross and give up your animal life, your fleshly, earthly, diabolical life, and become as angelic 
in Jesus Christ as you want to every day. And if you're real and you're right and you mean business with God in the covenant business, the Holy Ghost will build up your spirit in the exact same nature as the Messiah of these ones he's not ashamed to call brothers and sisters. Firstborn amongst many, raised from the dead. <laughs> but you got to be raised from the dead. You can't practice the dead. You can't practice the flesh. You can't practice human blood anymore. You have to practice the cup of the new covenant, his blood. It's literal blood. The Holy Ghost is the outpoured blood of Jesus. What did you do with that blood? What did you do with the blood of Jesus? On earth, there was an outpouring of the blood of Jesus the last 2,000 years. We studied it. We analyzed it. We put it in a cup and a picture in our building. We did everything except drink it. We forgot to drink the cup of salvation. We used our brain in every way to study it and figure it out, but we haven't been transformed by drinking. Do you know that unless they drank his blood, which was the glory coming out of his spirit, he was using term to be a stumbling block to the religious flakes to get rid of religious people that would never bear fruit. He did that constantly called pruning the vines, getting rid of the dead, let the dead bury the dead. Jesus wasn't a seeker-sensitive demon. He only produced disciples and apostles. Wasn't interested in anything else. Truth in you. He said, the only way you can be my disciple is if you drink my blood. And what happens when you drink his blood? You'll have all the same experiences. Man, this is a hard cup. No, it's really easy if your spirit... It's literally impossible if you want to live a carnal life. So you have an internal war of the selfishness of the soul fighting the spotless lamb nature of the blood you're drinking. And so you're being torn in half of your two natures once you go all into the cup of the new covenant of spirit without the mixture of your selfishness, it becomes super easy and light like little children in a carefree zone of glory. Jesus had no mixture, so it was super easy. Don't even pretend. Jesus was the funnest, happiest person ever lived. He had like a couple moments of conflict. The rest of the time, all he did was have fun with his friends constantly, persecuted even by John the Baptist for having too much fun, the Bible says. Why aren't your disciples fasting and praying with me? You're like, dude, go tell them the dead are raised. Chill out, man. We should not fast when the bridegroom is present. It's party time, in other words. He was saying this is a celebration. You're coming out of the earthly into the heavenly. I am the sheep gate to the Father. You're coming out of the realm of the dead in the resurrection. I am the resurrection, Jesus said. I'm raising you up so you'll never be tormented by demons again. Your spirit's going to be lifted up into the glory, and I'm going to take your soul, your mind, and your organs with you so you'll never be touched by Satan again. You're going to trample scorpions and snakes under your feet by my word, lifting up your spirit. If this is for your spirit and you're not a selfish goat, you'll actually rise every Joel's bar. But if this is for the selfish goat nature, the Bible says that the soul is a goat and the flesh is a goat, 
then this would be like, how do I apply this to myself? No, this is to kill the self nature. This is to crucify the goat nature. The soul's a goat, the flesh is a goat. That's what the Bible teaches. It crucifies it for your spirit, your spirit that bears the image of God the Father to rise and conquer the realm of the dead and take what? Adam, dominion over the animals. The father said to Adam, take dominion over the flesh. So what's the fall? The spirit losing dominion to our own flesh or into other people's flesh and being ruled over by fleshly government. That doesn't exist for the overcomer. All of that will burn. It will. When we get angelic Christian government, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. When spirit beings rise and conquer their own pool of blood in their heart, which is the bloody Nile of Egypt, and the Egyptian skull is crucified, and you have lifted this thing up by the cross into the angelic sphere, you will not be under the government of flesh and blood. You will be under the government of the white dove. That's the crown of the white dove. That's the governmental mantle of Jesus Christ, of the increase of his government and peace. Peacemaker. What's the symbol of peace? The white dove. The Holy Spirit is the peacemaker. This is the crown of life. And it's a dove. It's still an animal because you're still going to have a body. You're still going to have flesh, but it'll be so lifted up into the angelic dimension. You'll be ruling as your soul is perfected in the nature of your heavenly father who's fully present in you called the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Just let him change your heart and your mind. Let him get rid of everything in you from the devil. Let him uproot the tree, the knowledge of good and evil out of your bowels. And out of your bowels will spring forth the fountain of the Lamb in a different divine nature that will constantly wash your hearts and your minds and your organs. And it is the river of life itself that lifts you up into the cloud where God has prepared thrones for the overcomers. Revelation to those who overcome, I will grant them access on my throne and they shall rule over the nations. The Bible teaches these things, guys. Amen. Psalms 110. The Lord God says to my Lord, the Messiah, sit at my right hand until I make your adversaries your footstool. The Lord will send forth from Zion the scepter of your strength. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Ruling in the midst of your enemies is let the Holy Ghost just burn out the flesh all around you. First of all, you gotta understand this heart and this brain are an enemy of your spirit. And if you come into covenant with the Holy Ghost here, you just burn this up, that's your cross. You gotta die on your cross every day. It's not a painful thing, it's a crucifixion to the flesh ruling over the spirit. It's a dominion thing. It's all about dominion of flesh or spirit, invisible or visible. If the visible has dominion, you're accursed. If the invisible has dominion, you're blessed. You're from above and not below. So you take dominion daily. I die daily. I grow up in the cross. The cross will always rise in me and the cross will deal with all kinds of stuff until my DNA is perfected and I look like I'm 20 when I'm 2000. That's not just a pipe dream. 
That is what the Bible teaches a future generation will live a thousand years, a day in the Lord. That is a covenant promise in the Bible for the overcomers to live physically 1,000 years in those same bodies you're in right now. And your spirit and the Holy Ghost in you can do it. Now your faith might not be big enough for something like that, but it is in the Bible. And as you grow your faith, these things will become more and more possible. And wow, I really am becoming becoming familiar with the power of God that raises my spirit from the dead while in the body. I have become the resurrection. He is the resurrection. He's in me. He has raised me. The internal elevation of my spirit and the ascending and descending of the angelic invisible world becomes more and more progressively real as you crucify your animal heart. Your animal heart is what keeps you connected into the matrix, into the realm of the damned and dead under the influence of fallen angels because this thing is not yet crucified. You can never live in the spirit with your mind except by the cross crucifying that pool of human blood in your heart. It's human blood that keeps you accursed. That's why we needed good blood. We needed the blood of the lamb because our blood was so corrupted we couldn't get back into the spirit. We can get fire insurance. We go to Abraham's bosom. We do stuff like that. But you don't go back into the Garden of Eden unless you have the spotless blood of the Lamb, which regains entrance for our mind back into the glory realm. The realm that we began in as Adam and Eve that we lived in for an eternity. Remember him from the beginning. Fathers and mothers, remember he who is from the beginning. Remember the beginning. God created everything perfect. He did not make a mistake. The mistake was all us, guys. Now we're repenting from our mistakes, going back into the perfection of God's original design by understanding these revelatory prophetic things of wisdom. And if we can hear the word, let it be planted deep in our spirit. We'll bear forth 30, 60, 100 fold fruit of the experience of the living word working inside our temples. Do you not know that your bodies are the Ezekiel 47 water temples? You got to keep these water levels high. If they diminish, what happens when your brain gets dry? The demon got your mind and they get carried off into Babylon through distractions. If we be not distracted, we will carry on in the things of God, Hebrews says. But if we're distracted, our mind goes into dry, arid places, and we begin to practice profane activity that has no eternal value. The demon's distractions are to get you into the dry place, Egypt. Egypt is the place with all the money. Hello? Remember the Bible? Egypt was the realm of Sheba's billion dollar sacrifice. Egypt was the realm that the Bible says in Hebrews 11, Moses forsook the wealth of Egypt. In order to have the mountain of fire, he forsook Egyptian wealth, the wealth of the world. 
It's not a vow of poverty. It's a separation of worldliness and the success of the natural man for the success of the spirit man. Later on, after he was sanctified and transformed a soul, he was sent back and he came out with all the money consecrated to the Lord God Almighty. But the people still had slavery in them, so they melted down all the jewelry, all the money of Egypt, and made a golden calf. <laughs> Moses came down the mountain burning with a glowing face and he threw the Ten Commandments upon the calf, melted it down, and made them all drink it. <laughs> Which was an impartation of glory. Moses imparted glory, golden glory, gold dust, like Ruth Heflin's gold dust imparted the gold dust into them at a genetic and DNA level. Because now all of the melting down of the Ten Commandments in the mountain of fire had melted the gold. We say it's such a bad thing to drink your idols. No, it was a sanctification. It was the salvation of that nation. Now they became superconductors of the energy of God. Gold is a high conduit of glory electricity. They were magnetized. Moses is a genius. And Moses has a huge part in everything in the New Testament. The lawgiver is in Zion. Revelation 15. People are like, oh, there's no law. Well, there's lawlessness. That's what's wrong with everyone. <laughs> the law of the new covenant is the law of love in your thought life that you can't think a jealous, envious thought or a strifeful thought against a brother or sister. Otherwise, you murdered them or committed adultery. It's the perfection of the thought life, which is the law of the new covenant, the law of love, that your inner man has to be perfect. Not your outer man. That's old covenant. Your inner man. And that's not something you say, oh, Jesus, make my inner man perfect. No, the Bible says you choose how much you sacrifice your inner man to your cross. This is not on someone else. This is you. There is no scapegoat. He's already been slain. Now you choose if you're slain with him. If you're going to be a selfish person, go away, live for the devil. Don't mess around with a half commitment, lukewarm, get spit out of God's mouth and be a complainer, a murmurer, and a doubter like those who died in the wilderness. Go all in or just piss off. Seriously. Stop playing games with God in half commitments of selfish, soulish, animal sin and pretending to be Christian with no cross. It's watered down religion that gives the devil permission into the kingdom people. Like, we have optional levels of commitment here. Like, this is where the lukewarm can go, but you're still saved. No, you're not. You're not. You're spit out of his mouth. You've rejected the offering of the altar for your body. You're not a living sacrifice. Only the living sacrifices get the kingdom. You will never get the kingdom. You will get hell. You will get demons. You will get Satan. You will get the idolatry of Egypt and the sins of the demons. But you will not get the kingdom unless you give him your bodies as a sacrifice. It's not optional. Just because you're in Babylon doesn't mean you have an excuse to sin with your bodies. There's no watered down religion. 
You have to put before the people the cross every day to kill the animal. Otherwise, you're a false preacher. And then it's our response to, yes, Holy Spirit, I reject sin. Yes, Holy Spirit, I reject selfishness, self-preservation, self-protection, my complacency, my lukewarmness, my distractions. The Egyptian wealth must be disregarded like Moses to be a normal Christian. It's not for the leaders. Paul says, this is for everyone. I wish you're like me, except without these chains. It's the standard of being alive angelically by the word of God. The gospel recreates your spirit. And this is what you have to give up in the animal, explaining the whole process clearly into your minds so you can count the cost before you go to war against the curse of the fall because the cross will be victorious. It won't let you down. The cross will never fail you. If you use the cross by faith with the Holy Spirit, you might need to eat the word. You might need a lot more Bible in your spirit. Now, people will perish for lack of the Bible. The Bible says that people that don't know the word are not going to be rock solid or not going to make it. You need to have a rock-solid foundation of the scriptures. The apostles spent all their time in the book of Acts, the church of Acts, studying the Bible and praying so that they could minister the word from house to house it is written. An apostolic is not just for the apostles. You are an apostolic church. Apostolic means to be in the glory of the above realm to be built up in the apostolic is to embrace an apostolic Christianity that has lifted you out of the earth in the damned and the dead dimension of flesh into the angelic sphere where there's no death, no unclean thing. Isaiah 35 calls it the highway, a holiness, which is the cross in you, lifting your spirit up through your heart and brain. And all of you have a spirit and all of you have a cross. Now it's time to rise. And we shall rise if we are not distracted by the sin of sinners around us. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You're not going to be surrounded with all helpers because that wouldn't help you. Be, you wouldn't understand anything then. You wouldn't even value the cross. You're going to be surrounded by, the Bible says, a lot of enemies. And now you're going to value the cross in you to overcome all the crap around you. You grow up in the midst of sinners. Jesus grew up in Egypt. Out of Egypt I will raise my child, it is written. Which means out of the realm of the dead and the realm of hell, your spirit will rise up and all Egypt, the realm of the dead and the earthly around you, will be fertilizer like the black tar and pitch of Noah's Ark. And the ark of your transformation is the bodies you are currently living in right now. You already have your ark. God has given you a body. If you use the body as a servant of the Father with the revelations of the gospel, the revelations of the angelic, the understanding of the plumbing of the temple of Ezekiel 47, the waterways, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And if you keep going at the cost of the heart and the mind, you will transform your soul and be given an inheritance in the angelic sphere over the earth. And you'll be restored into Adam and Eve. Eve's original elevation over the angels that fell, 
they'll become snakes again. Very, very insignificant, very weak creatures, all completely controlled by the sons of God. They will not be in control of this world, will be in control of this world over the devil crushed under all the sons and the overcomers feet. The Bible says it. They're going to rule the world. But it takes a certain measure of maturity, the baptism of fire, and the cross to be lifted up in you into the skyline. Who are these that fly along like clouds, like doves to their nest? Jesus Christ told us in Revelation 14, 14, where the great harvest of the end times was. On the cloud. Which means you have to come into the sonship elevation of the 33rd degree of the soul crucified with the crown of the white dove and the cross lifted up in you to be in that dominion dimension that Adam forfeit to the fallen angels and where the red dragon is and why we have so much fallen angel principality opposition because that dimension is the rulership of all the earth. That's where the principalities are. Holy Spirit told me a long time ago in the earlier Joel's bars, if the fallen angels were to take flesh on, you'd have never seen the light of the sun your entire human lives. The whole sphere, the angelic sphere, is covered with demons. And that's why you're constantly hit with religion, temptations, gossip, think negative thoughts towards me or anyone that's trying to help you rise in your cross. You can help each other's spirit carry each other's cross just like Jesus had other people he carried his own cross but he had some help along the way there was people at the cross his family was at the cross his closest friends were at the cross he drank the sweet wine at the cross so you your brothers and sisters who have crosses can help you your spirit carry the cross as you annihilate your hearts together your Adamic nature that's what ministry is. It's building up each other's spirit, edifying the saints, which is the building up of the part of you that has sainthood, which is your spirit, your recreated, regenerated spirit that bears the image of God the Father's face already at birth. Your spirit has the Father's face on it at birth. It looks exactly like God the Father. Now it's to get that through the Adamic nature of burying the image of birds, beasts, and reptiles through the heart. If the morning star be risen in our heart, then our days will surely dawn. 2 Peter 1.19 This is the dawning of day in the crucifying of our Adamic nature from the inside up. Don't even say out. Up. 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 Rise. 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 We need to rise. We need vertical ascension in the crucifixion of our hearts. If I be lifted up if you be lifted up with Christ, crucified with Christ, you will draw all men into the kingdom of heaven and be a gateway to God in your elevation. They must hear the angelic gospel preached midair. The Bible says not on the earth. There's no gospel on earth. The gospel is the angel, the spirit, recreated, regenerated, preaching the eternal gospel, book of Revelation, in the mid heavens, in the realm of the overcomers, in the angelic sphere. Now study the Amplified Classic because these verses are clearly in the Bible. Take all this terminology, write it down, do notes and be good Bereans. I'm only giving you impartation of energy and anointing so you can study to show yourselves approved. A workman who need not be ashamed who correctly divides the word of truth. 
What's the division of the word of truth? The separation of the earthly and the heavenly, the soul from the spirit, so your spirit can take dominion over the soulish, earthly. In the original design, in the restoration of all things by the gospel. Amen. Holy Hallelujah. The Lord. Yeah. That's a good numb school anointing today. Thank you, Lord. They're turning up on everyone's skull. Just numb our skull for, for us to get it in our spirit. Hallelujah. The Lord, Psalms 110, verse 2, will send forth from Zion. Just say Zion. Zion. That's the promised land. The heavenly Jerusalem, Zion, the scepter of your strength. Rule then in the midst of your foes. Your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. In the beauty of holiness and in the holy array of the womb of the morning to you will spring forth your young men who are as the dew. It's the rising of the spirit into Zion. Springing forth. To spring means to shoot up. If it springs, then it shoots up. It's the spirit springing up in your bellies, overcoming hearts and minds. You're going to go up. Just say, I'm going to go up. Amen. We need to. We need to go up. We need to ascend the mountain of the Lord. Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? King David asks in the Bible, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not given himself to idols, which means no externalism, no Egypt, no Nile, no worldliness. I want the kingdom promises. Let me ascend Calvary. The mountain of the Lord is Calvary. Zion is Golgotha, and you climb it by your cross of your spirit, slaughtering your soul. Then you will ascend. Who can ascend? We need to ascend with greater purity. The purity, the chaste virginity, is the entrance into the angelic sphere of the overcomers. What does the Bible say? Everyone outside is the sexually immoral, the impure, the lovers of lies, which is external bewitched religious people, sorcerers and dogs. This is what Jesus Christ said in the Bible. So in order to be in this overcomer's realm, you have to be lifted up through the cross, and the cross is your purity. You will never be pure in your own strength. You can't be pure in your own discipline. Your faith in Jesus in you is what imparts his purity. The Lamb of God's chaste virginity, the only virgin king that's ever walked the earth, is the Son of the living God in you that's imparting into you his exact chaste virgin purity. That chaste virginity, which is pure of thought, virgin of thought, to be a perfect virgin in thought as adults, adult men and adult women in this society, will make you the manifest sons of God. That external immorality and smut of this generation is fuel. It is helpful for you because now it's like super easy because it's so absurd. It's so obscene. It'll be easier for you to just fully embrace the virginity of the Lamb of God rising in your heart. You'll be exactly as clean as he is as you let his cross rise in your heart and mind. You can't even think a negative thought. You can't think a lustful thought. It's not possible as the cross of Christ crucified rises in your souls. As it keeps rising, you'll be lifted higher and higher by his purity. Who sees God? The pure in heart. Who ascends the mountain? The pure in heart. 
Who lives in the glory realm? Those who have been crucified with the virgin king, the king of the Jews, is lifted up in me and you. <laughs> Amen. So we just thank you, Father, for that impartation of purity that you've already imparted into us. Now we need to realize the cross in our hearts, lifting us up in purity. You can only ascend, the Bible teaches this, you can only go as high as you are pure. So you'll start dealing with funky thoughts. You'll be like, I didn't even know that stuff existed in me. The heart contains all record of evil in all of us because it all goes back to the first man, Adam. You have 6,000 years of recorded DNA in every human heart because the fall was about 6,000 years ago. Time began at the fall. So you're going to deal with all the lust, the adultery of the generations in the cross. It doesn't take 40 years of deliverance in there. The cross can go up through it in one day. The cross can ascend that whole 6,000 year span in a day. What's the Bible say? A day is as a thousand years and a thousand years a day, which means the cross can do a thousand years work in one day. You can do 6,000 years work in one day. <laughs> Amen. That's what the Bible says. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing's impossible for those who believe. I mean, this is that nothing impossible dimension that is easily manifest in you if you can receive the prophetic word tonight. This is real prophecy. This is real prophetic ministry. The application of the gospel, making it practical and experienced through your souls, encountering angelic promises in your spirit. Light will be brighter. Your ears will hear different things. Your whole natural dimension will melt around you in the glory fire because the cross crucifies all sin, even in the elemental spirits. So the whole dimension of your existence, your city, your town, your family, all of it gets cleansed. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of just the believers. Now what it says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You determine how much the Lamb of God changes the world around you. That's why they come to you in protest. That's why they come to you in disagreement, in concerns. I'm really concerned you're involved in that radical red letter ministry stuff. That's a very sketchy ministry. Why does he wear sunglasses? You can't trust anyone with a tattoo. <laughs> You'll have external, logical, reasonable things to appeal to the animal senses to get you to back off from changing the world by the cross that don't give two flying rat turds about the natural dimension, whether they be Greek, Hebrew, male, female, none of that classism and racism has anything to do with the cross rising in you. <laughs> Amen? You just burn them all up with unquenchable fire. When you get determined to carry a cross and transform the world around you, nothing can stop you. That's the realm of the overcomers. That's why you're more than conquerors. <laughs> That's the dimension of ruling and reigning is when you've conquered everything to try to shut down your spirit rising with its cross. I don't think so, Satan. What was that? Not today, Satan. Yeah! I guarantee you, not tomorrow either. The future is very bright. That's why we wear sunglasses. Glory glasses. <laughs> Amen. It'll, it'll remove your sin glasses. 
As you wear S-O-N glasses, <laughs> seeing everyone through the blood, loving so unconditionally, you begin to terrorize their demons with the spirit of truth. Yeah. Terrorize them with gentleness and kindness sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but most of the time, honestly, just by practicing the cloud by day, the pillar by night, and being totally crucified within, and just letting the cross release the blood and the wire of water of Christ through my whole soul in all directions like a morning star. That'll get her done. The blood and water is still pouring out of his side, so the Bible says. If he be lifted up in you, guess where the river of life comes from? Same dude. The dude. The river comes from the dude who abides. Amen. They got this really funny Hawaiian pigeon translation. I think they call him the da boss. Da boss. I like the dude. Surfer Jesus glory. Someday, after the war is long over and we've raised up 144,000 sons to the angelic sphere, I'm gonna have a surf ministry. The Samuels School of Surf Ministry for the advanced prophetic. Maybe in Bali or something. Hawaii. They have good good waves in Hawaii. The Lord was saying that during the worship tonight before we started, the waves come out of those who are crucified because the water comes from the cross of those who are crucified with Christ. So if you want to be a wave maker to release waves of glory through everyone, you make the waves. You're the temples of the living waters. You're the Ezekiel 47 temples of the torrents of living waters, not just rains of living waters, not just springs and streams. This, we're coming into the time of the torrents where it can't be resisted, where you're getting washed even if you hate God. Even if you love sin, you know, it's like you get the fire hose out. If they've been drinking alcohol and they're puking all over themselves and they're just a bunch of rowdy animals, they throw them in jail. You call them the detox tank. In the good old days, they'd spray them down with the fire hose. High-pressured water. Get all the puke. You had to clean out the jail cell. They puked everywhere, you know. I know none of y'all been in the detox tank, but I used to be a raging alcoholic. I got the hose. I didn't put precious in the basket or lotion on the skin. So I got the hose. <laughs> and I deserved a lot worse than that. It was mercy. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Father, for hosing us down with your love and just whatever type of living water you can receive. We want you to be able to receive that. And we try to bring a fire hose. We want the torrents of living water. We realize this is a pretty extreme righteousness we're walking in, but we're, we want to set the standard really high. We're doing it on purpose. You can go out there and get all kinds of elementary teaching on everything. There's all kinds of nursery everywhere. That's already been done. We want to pioneer deeper in the living water than ever before. We want to go higher. We want a greater force of living water. I want to bring a flood like the days of Noah of such water that it just everyone gets washed. I want to wash all the sorcerers. The kind of water it takes to wash the mountaintops of Jacob, 
the Rothschild Rockefeller families and the really really rich in all the cities of the earth it takes a completely level a different level than just the people living in the valleys that are just oppressed by the super mega rich so we want to go after the Bilderberg group class of beings which means it's a totally different level of water and that's why the standard is so high around here we're not just doing this for the valley of North Minneapolis and the low places of earth but the valleys are being raised up we're doing it for the high places of the earth to be made low for the coming of the Lord He's coming with fire, he's coming with water, he's coming with gold, he's coming with lots of wine. Tons and tons of wine, all you can drink wine all the time, wine and dine with Jesus. On the inside, he's really in you. He'll get more real to you. Father, I pray that you make yourself more real to every person at the sound of my voice. I pray that they would realize the glory of Christ in them. And it would not just be the preacher's words, just my fanaticism and emotionalism up here in the high glory, but it would be also them crucified up here in the fanaticism and emotionalism of their own high glory. <laughs> That's one of the religious demons' arguments. They're just emotional. They're just a charismatic personality. Man, if you were raised this high from the dead, you'd be this charismatic too. How should I act if I've been lifted out of Tartarus hell and the throne of Satan all the way up into the angelic sphere? We are so raised from the dead, it's ridiculous. That's why I'm fried all the time in the glory. I used to live in total darkness and not even see color. The Spirit of God raised up my spirit to be over the flesh in the angelic sphere with a continuous bird's eye view. That's why I'm so wild like this every day. It's like the most exciting, adventurous life of carrying a cross and going higher with the Holy Spirit every day. Holy Spirit only wants to lift you higher. We got to be willing to let the Spirit of God change us and take us up higher and let the hooks and the cables and the cords of everything external break off of us. Let all that stuff burn off of you. Fresh fire be poured on your heads. Let there be a disconnect from your brain stem to the cables and the cords of, cords of the altars of demons to disconnect from the earth, to rise up into the heavenly glory, to be seated with Christ in heavenly places with your soul and your mind and your organs and not just with your spirit. The rest of you needs to get saved too. You need to rise. You need to go up in a whirlwind. Go up in a chariot of fire. Amen? <laughs> Glory. I got a song I want to play. <laughs> we'll close out with this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Selah means rise up. Selah doesn't mean pause and think about that in, in the earth after you read the Bible like a goat. Selah means to rise up after you got revelated. Revelate until you lev levitate. Amen. Revelate until you levitate. 
Love you guys. Support this ministry. Give a cheerful offering into the ministry. We got needs all over the planet. Expansion, $400,000 uh, purchase possibility for our property in Kenya for building a nice concrete brick and mortar building for 400 people in our Kenyan church. We're living in still in a condemned crack house in the ghetto, a former condemned crack house in the ghetto. I'd like to have a theater. Is that too wild to dream to not have the most something out of the worst neighborhood in the world or surrounded by trap houses? I mean, what is our standard around here? Let's lift us up out of the ghetto into the theater into nice seats and a nice place and this is nice in here too we're not complaining but you must go from glory to glory your financial partnership lifts this ministry up get a vision for supporting rlm we're growing all over the world reaching 195 nations teaching sonship revelation we're spending thousands of dollars now on building our apps and the app stores for google and apple and all of that stuff just takes thousands and tens of thousands of dollars of equipment and our electric bill is $600 a month just on this house alone. And we're paying for houses and people and throughout this ministry. What I, the vision I see in RLM TV is four distinct channels of content. I just want to lay down a vision for you guys to understand the global building, the raising of the sons of God, the conquering of cities, all this revelation, all this heavenly Jerusalem reality. It's true. That's the blueprint for the conquering of the, of the world and the ruling and reigning with Christ and the millennium reign of Christ. It's all true. Now, practically, your partner and your support in this ministry, supporting four channels in RLM TV, getting it all done. We're feeding the whole world, Sonship Revelation. We've had hundreds of ministries spin out of this ministry, just taking all of our revelation and stealing all of our people and all of our finances. Support the main core that's leading the way. Get a vision for it. Don't let those thieves, those Judas Iscariots, go around there like scoundrels and just rob the temple. Temple robbers, thieves and robbers, trying to steal all the ministry as hirelings. They don't even care about the sheep. They're not here because they're sent. They're here because they turn Christianity into businesses. Get discernment about the priests of the Melchizedek order, predestined, foreordained, that are leading this thing, your prophets leading the way to build you up into your promised land and support your prophets leading you. Amen. Those are the ones you give the tithe to. Those are the ones you give the offering to. Get a vision for it. And then this ministry in RLM TV, four distinct channels. The Holy Ghost showed me a vision. Shadrach's channel of content. He's putting out content every day. People are watching it all over the world. Awesome quality Kenya TV, RLM TV in Kenya. It's awesome. Americans like tuning into that. It's such a different culture. People love that stuff. They're eating it up. Jake's channel. Jake's broadcasting never-ending glory acid television. It's a, it's a stream out of his spirit. It's awesome content. He's reaching a lot of different people with his drunk and high and awesome revelation stuff. Rebecca's channel. That's the third one. Rebecca's TV. RLM TV Rebecca. And just a stream of content. She brings a different aspect from the same overcomer's realm. And then Joel's Bar, my stream of content. Four different streams. Shadrach's, Jake's, Rebecca's, and mine. And this is RLM TV. This is what the media ministry and the media army 
to feed all the Christians. I mean, this is not just for radical drunken glory people. The cup of the new covenant is for everyone. It's for everyone to get whacked out of the earth into the heavens. Song of Solomon 2.4. Suddenly, he transported me into the house of wine. This is where the house of wine is. Everyone is to be transported there. It's not just for fringe Christianity. It's fringe because you have Babylonian Christianity everywhere and the real Christianity seems extreme. It's not extreme. It's reasonable. It's true wisdom and it always works. So this is what you're supporting when you partner this ministry. Four streams of content, tons and tons of content, the apps, the facilitation of the media broadcast, the building up of these, these men and women and their regions all over the world. And it will continue to expand in California. It'll continue to expand all over America. I believe we'll have media stations and different television stuff going on as things begin to increase, as people begin to support this ministry. The harvest is gonna cost billions of dollars, guys. It's gonna come from cheerful givers. Truth and yeah. It's gonna come from people that envision the harvest and understand how it's harvested through media and through sonship level teaching of the gospel preached midair angelically to raise their spirit through the flesh to again take dominion from the angelic spirit. This stuff will become normal. Now it seems extreme. People manifest like crazy because they're in the earthly. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Satan's been cast down to you. That's why they're also demonized. When you get into the heavenly, there's no demons up here. Total perfected mental clarity for everyone who ascends when they eat sonship food. That's why we want to support this media army. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys. We'll see you next Friday. Amen. <laughs> Glory. <laughs>